This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Welcome back in, and uh, that was a quick break, folks. As we mentioned, uh, we'd be right back, and here we are. Our guest this morning for the Action Line is Tara Stone, who is the Executive Director of the Heart of Tennessee Chapter with the Red Cross. Did I get that right? Was that the... Is that correct? That's correct. All Thank right. You. Um, but she'll be our guest this morning and uh, talking about a number of things. And uh, one of them is, you know, how, how folks can donate, um, you know, how they can donate blood safely. And, and right now that is, uh, you know, safety seems to be the, the top priority in just about every facet of life. How can we do things safely, whether it's go to Walmart, uh, whether it's have a cookout, whether it's donate blood, um, need to do it safely. So we're going to talk about that as well as the importance of donating blood. And uh, how you could save a life. It, it doesn't seem like a big deal when you donate blood. Many of us have done it so many times we can't count, but it, it, it really is a big deal. And uh, with that, I welcome on Tara Stone. Tara, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So somebody who, who works with the Red Cross, um, I'm sure you know people who have donated blood. A lot of people donate blood every month or every couple weeks or whenever the Red Cross bus will pull into their town and, and they're looking for donations. But we'll start off, why is it important to donate blood? Are you, you're saving lives when you do that, right? That is, that is a big deal. That is a big deal, yes. And um, when you donate blood, you're saving up to three lives every time you donate. And uh, along with collecting blood, we also collect other blood products, um, plasma, platelets, um, which are also saving lives in different ways. So that might be one that people aren't as familiar with, is uh, donating uh, plasma and platelets and that. If you could kind of walk through that, give us a, a short rundown of what that entails and uh, why is that important? Sure. Um, with the platelets, they're used um, for those that are going through cancer treatments, um, and those can be donated every two weeks. It does take a little bit longer um, to donate those, but are obviously very important, and they do have a rather short shelf life, um, so always in constant need of those donations. Um, and as you know, with the plasma, we are collecting convalescent plasma, um, and again, a different product, not as lengthy of a process, but uh, are looking to collect all those products. So and many of us have known or do know people who are dealing with types of cancer and, and some of them, um, you know, bigger than others as far as um, how much help they might need, how much blood they might need. But uh, most of us, if not all of us, know somebody who's had to deal with that. And, you know, we would want our friends, our neighbors to, to donate if they could help our family members and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense to, to reverse that. And if, you know, if you have the time and you're able, then, uh, you know, donate blood if you can. You could be saving a life. It could be somebody you know. It could not be. But, um, you know, that's that's something that I think is important. What, with the Red Cross now, I, everybody's been shaken this year with, with different uh, protocol and, you know, what are we going to do to, again, as we mentioned, you know, people are trying to figure out how to have a family cookout on 4th yeah. of July safely. Right. So how, are, how, are, how have you guys um, had to change things, and, and what does your recipe look like maybe that's different now uh, in, in this time of COVID for folks who are, who are trying to donate blood? Sure. Um, first, I just want to thank everyone who um, is donating, has continued to donate. Um, you know, we are the volunteer state for a reason. We've had uh, great 
um, showing of that through our, our blood donors, but, you know, the need continues. And typically in summer, donations are down a little bit. People are traveling, um, and actually we have um, been fortunate. We do have a fixed donor center here in Murfreesboro um, at our location on Memorial where we do collect blood products six days a week. And we also have a lot of blood drives um, in Rutherford County as well as all the counties that we serve. Our chapter is a 10-county um, chapter, um, so we do have a lot of blood drives in those counties. And, and I was going to tell you that while donations are typically down in the summer, we did um, collect in um, our 10-county area uh, 1,480 donations in July, and that is an increase of a little over 300 from July of last year. So again, just want to thank those. Um, I know people maybe aren't traveling as much, and they're hearing the, the call for the need and coming out and appreciate that. And to your question about safety, used to, it's a little bit easier to walk in maybe the day of um, to a drive or to our donor center um, and donate. And what we're doing now, obviously, to know, you know who's coming in and preparing for that. And because we have limitations on the number of people we can have in at a time because social distancing, we ask that you make an appointment. Um, you can do that by going to our website, redcrossblood.org. Um, if you download the blood donor app, um, you can make an appointment on there. Or you call 1-800-RED-CROSS and someone can help you make an appointment. Um, But we do ask that you make an appointment. And we will have someone that's screening everyone that comes in. We're taking temperatures, um, you know, asking the questions about, you know, have you been in contact with anyone? Uh, The general questions that you're hearing at most locations. Um, Obviously, an environment such as um, blood collection, always a clean environment, but just taking the extra precautions to make sure um, it's even cleaner. Um, Socially distancing the donors, everyone's wearing masks. um, So you will be asked to wear a mask while you are donating. I wanted to rewind for a second. You mentioned we have a fixed location. So a lot of people maybe that have donated have have hopped in the bus, the big Red Cross bus and donated. Is the fixed location just a brick-and-mortar version, basically? It's just a a spot that's there, and you guys are open six days a week year-round, and and that's pretty much what that is. It is. It's it's our office. It's our chapter office. It's on 501 Memorial. Um, You know, if you're coming across the new bridge, you see us sitting down there with the Red Cross um, sign. And that location is open six days a week. The hours each day vary. You know, that's an opportunity for some people who can come in earlier. You know, one day we have much earlier hours, and then other days, you know, we're open, you know, as late as like 730. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a staff that is there regularly to collect uh, the blood products, and that's also where when we our building was open regularly, um, our staff and volunteers would work out of that location as well. So. I, I would have thought, you mentioned that July the uh, donations were actually up, mm-hmm. and you think it's a lot of people aren't traveling, a lot of people maybe have, have heard, and they said, well, I'm out of work, or I'm working from home. Um, for a lot of folks, maybe it's easier to set that appointment up and donate. I would have thought maybe the donations would be down. Was that something you guys were anticipating once COVID hit, that maybe donations would be down, or was that something you, you were prepared for and you didn't think would be an issue? Um, well, a lot of, there's a lot of different factors, a lot of things that came into play um, with COVID. Um, if you just looked, if, if we were not in COVID, you would think, okay, it's summer donations are going to be down. That's right. kind of a typical. Um, when COVID came along, it's um, there's a question of, okay, we, if we have, you know, uh, shelter in place. So we did reach out to um, our elected officials and how do we work together to say, hey, if, if we, we want people to be able to go and donate blood and worked with that very well. We never had an issue um, with people not being able to get out to donate, but obviously did take that into consideration. Um, and it, we just, how do we keep people safe? How do we spread the message? 
and um, people have continued to show up. And also, um, I'm sure with the antibody testing that we're doing, that increases um, our participation as well. I do have people, you know, ask me about um, how they can make an appointment. They're curious to see if they have the, the antibodies as well. So what are some of the things that, you know, if a folks uh, sign up or they, they set up an appointment, what are some of the things they can expect when they come in as far as testing? You mentioned temperature checks. Right. And they're, of course, going to have a series of questions that are going to say, have you been near anybody? A lot of us have seen these on just about every building we've walked into. Have you been near anybody who's showed mm-hmm. symptoms? Have you had any of these symptoms? Uh, of course, the temperature check. Is there anything else that folks might need to know about if they're setting up an appointment? And does it take longer mm-hmm. for somebody to come in and donate now that there's these extra precautions in place? I wouldn't say that it it takes any longer as far as the pure process. Um, You might find that um, a a day that you were hoping to come donate, the schedule might be full. Um, I think that's just kind of the difference. And we do still have blood drives across the area. So if you do go online, you're looking to make an appointment, maybe usually go to the donor center. Um, It's very easy to look on there and find other locations near you um, to make an appointment at a, a blood drive center. And also want to thank all the locations that have opened up their facilities for us um, for those drives. And we're always looking for more because with the schools having been closed, a lot of the schools would participate. And so always looking for that. Um, so I wouldn't say it takes longer, but we were already moving to the process of it's called a rapid pass. And so if you do make your appointment, um, go online and go ahead and read um, all the information that's on there. Um, the question's going to ask you to make you better prepared for your appointment. If you've already done that, that saves time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's called a rapid pass. Um, it just makes things flow a little bit faster. Once you go in, if you've donated before, you know that you'll sit down with someone. There's a process that they go through. Every once in a while, someone, you know, their iron might be low and they can't donate that day. But that's just something that, you know, depends on the person. Um, and you wouldn't know maybe until you, you got there. We had a listener question pop up on our text line here, and that number is 615-893-1450. If you'd like to ask our guest a question this morning, that's Tara Stone, who's the executive director of the Heart of Tennessee chapter of the American Red Cross. Uh, People, you often hear about, I have a rare blood type, or Mm -hmm. this blood type is is needed, and um, what is that all about? What what types of blood are maybe needed more than others, if that's even the case? Mm -hmm. And do you guys guys see that? Do you see anybody who says, I have this rare blood type, maybe I'm going to try to donate more? Maybe somebody out there listening says, I have this type of blood type, I never knew it was a rare blood type, I'm going to go donate. Sure. And you'll have, um, you know, have friends and they're like, oh, I'm an O negative. So I'm getting calls, you know, to come and donate. And there's a lot of just, you know, the A's, the B's, the O's. So uh, stay with me on this. But um, as you know, O negative is the universal blood type. And um, that's what an emergency room personnel would reach for if there's not time to determine the blood type of a patient in a serious situation. Um, so, but then there's also, they know type O positive is the most transfused blood type and can be transfused to RH positive patients of any blood type. So there's all these elements that go into what, um, blood product needs to be used for a specific person. Um, and so, but you generally hear O negative, it's the universal blood type. Um, and then A negative and B negative can be transfused to RH positive or negative patients. So there's lots of, of moving parts there, but usually you'll hear a lot about O negative just because it's universal. And so that that would mean that that blood can be used for almost anybody. So right. if somebody has O negative, that's kind of the, that's maybe the most useful type of blood that can be used in any facet. Are there any cases where somebody has a rare blood type and and it's just it's just lower? Does O negative cover that? Um, you know, honestly, I don't think I can answer that question truly effectively. So I, I'd be happy to get back to you on that one. But um, just the general message, usually that O negative is universal type. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, there's just so many different ways to use the different blood types in different people. Um, 
Well, that, that is interesting because um, you know I, I didn't I didn't know, and I think I think I am actually an O negative. So maybe I have that I have that blood that um, could be more useful. And again, that's I think just another reason to think about donating if you can. And uh, you know some some folks I think right off the bat just don't like donating because of the. Uh, just drawing blood. Mm-hmm. But if you can get over that, it sounds mm-hmm. like a lot of the newer things that you thought might have been an obstacle with COVID, you guys have kind of taken care of and got a good grasp on that. So, I, you know, that was, that was my main question coming in this morning was how can people donate safely? Mm-hmm. It sounds like you guys have really figured that out and you have you have a good system down. And, uh, of course, scheduling the appointment ahead of time is helpful. And, and there are things that we can do as, as donors. What are some of the other things that people come in and you say, you know, if I could talk to 45,000 people at once, this is what I would tell them because this is going to make this a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the first one, scheduling appointments ahead of time, having those questions ready as far as uh, the COVID protocol and, and things like that. But is there anything else that, that you come across and you say, I wish I could just tell everybody this at once because, man, sometimes you come in and this slows things down or somebody might have to go home and, and mm-hmm. come back. Um, would you would you say the appointments is, is probably one of the bigger ones? Just uh, yes. doing that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I would say just making an appointment ahead of time. Um, that way, you just you know you know you have your appointment. Um, just double check your location um, where that uh, you've signed up to donate. Like I said, we do have the donor center, but then also some of them are blood drops in various locations. So mm-hmm. just checking where you are, and if you can uh, get online and use that Rapid Pass, then go ahead and fill out your information. That'll save you some time. And generally, you know the the bulk of the the process. You know you get there, you do have to go through some questions on site and a little bit of a you know pre-check and the donation itself doesn't really take as long um, as you might think and i know one of them this is something i remember from donating was drink plenty of fluids have Mm -hmm. some food in your belly don't go in there on an empty stomach or if you've been working in the in the sun all day don't go donate blood directly get some fluids and, and kind of make sure your body's ready for that for that donation uh, Tara Stone, our guest this morning, and she's the executive director of the Heart of Tennessee chapter for the American Red Cross. And so far, we've talked about donating blood, but there's so much more to the Red Cross. I wanted to ask you about volunteer opportunities. And, you know, if you go through the website, there are a lot of people think Red Cross donating blood, but there's a lot more to it. What are some of the other volunteer opportunities that you guys may have available now or would normally have available, ways that folks can be involved and, and be a part of what you do? I appreciate you asking me that um, because 90% of our workforce is volunteers, um, which I'm absolutely I'm blown away by um, the amount of volunteers that we have and just wanted to just share that, you know, our volunteer opportunities, they can be, um, you know, a few hours here and there, but also a long term, you know, it's something where you um, are trained and um, can continue to help in the same position for, you know, years, whereas some volunteering is more event based, and you plan to show up this day and do this, and and that's it. Um, So for, since we've been talking about the blood, for our blood drives and our blood donor center, like I mentioned, we do have people that are taking the temperatures. Um, so we have screeners um, that will you know, sign up for a shift, and they will either be at that blood drive or the, our donor center location and take those temperatures and help check in individuals. So that's an opportunity that's obviously a need, um, especially um, here in Rutherford County with the fixed site, but in all of our uh, blood drive sites throughout our, our 10 counties. And I want to just mention our 10 counties, uh, if you don't mind. We do cover Rutherford, but also Bedford, Cannon, Coffee, DeKalb, Franklin, Lincoln, Marshall, Moore, and Warren. Those make up the 10 counties of our Heart of Tennessee chapter. Um, 
and right now, you know, we're talking about it, you know, it's hurricane season. And so, um, back when the tornadoes happened in March, we had a lot of people, you know, say, Hey, I want to help, which is great. And, and we find ways for people to help. But the best way is if you want to sign up now to be a volunteer, if you want to be able to respond, um, during that time of hurricane or tornado, we do a lot of training. Um, it does require a lot of training and then also with the COVID, you know, to do it safely and how are we doing things in the COVID environment. So just suggest that you go online and look at the volunteer opportunities um, so that we can go ahead and get you trained and ready to respond when that time comes. So many of us know folks in Nashville earlier this year were uh, hit with the tornadoes and a lot of damage was done. There was, you know, that wasn't just a, a blimp on the radar type of tornado. That was one that did some significant damage and, and was one that, you know, folks will remember. And I think everybody kind of remembers where they were when that tornado hit. We remember hearing the news. Was that something that the Red Cross was involved in then for that cleanup? Was that something that you Absolutely. guys would have would have mm-hmm. fallen into? Absolutely. We did. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we do have um, a chapter in Nashville. And at the time, we've had a, a shift in some of our the um, our chapter makeup, the counties that make up our chapter. So at the time of the March tornado, Putnam County was tar- part of the Heart of Tennessee chapter. Um, but we worked together with our East Tennessee chapter to respond there. So that morning, our volunteers were up and packing up materials at the office. And we had people from our other chapters further to the east coming to Putnam County to get shelters open. Um, same thing in Nashville. So we're responding in Nashville. We're responding in Wilson County. We're also responding in Putnam County all at the same time. Um, so we did have a shelter in Putnam County. We were um, feeding. Uh, we had um, they could get food there at the shelter. But we also had you know herbs out feeding the community. Uh, we were responding with supplies and everything through that um, re- as well. Yes, we were there. We had another listener question pop in, and then we do have to take a quick break. We're already about halfway through the show, uh, if you could believe it. But they were asking about volunteer opportunities for somebody with a full-time job. So if mm-hmm. you could walk them through, now obviously you guys don't require them to be on call 24-7. You mm-hmm. don't require them to quit their job, to just come volunteer. But for someone that works Monday through Friday, Monday mm-hmm. through Saturday, how does the volunteer opportunity work? Can you say, this is a day that I'm available, call me if you need me on this day? Is it maybe your phone rings and they say, hey, there's been a terrible tornado in Nashville. For anybody that's available, please come up. How does that work? Uh, it works in several different ways, and I appreciate the question. Um, you can, as I mentioned, with the you know blood donor sites and blood drives, you could go ahead. There's, just, uh, there's some training, but minimal training to do that. So there might be a shift on a Sunday or a Saturday or an evening, or maybe you don't work and it could be here in Murfreesboro, it could be in Nashville or any of various locations. Um, but also we have, um, especially now, a lot of uh, volunteers doing virtual work. For instance, say that you're a nurse within the school system. So maybe you have summers where you have more flexibility. Um, we do assist clients with, you know, possibly they've lost their um, medication, glasses, something in a home fire. And we do work with them to replace those items. And it does take someone that's licensed to work with them, their pharmacist or whomever, to replace those items. And that's something you can do from home. And maybe you're doing it on the weekend. Maybe you're doing that um, during the summer. Um, that's just a couple of instances of some flexibility um, there. And there are other virtual opportunities as well. Um, we have uh, measures through our system. We do provide client assistance financially sometimes. And so there's some types of um, reconciliation with that and accounting and different things that you can do from home as well. And then if you had somebody who is 
maybe retired or, or semi-retired in their 60s and you had a college kid who was 21, maybe they'd have some different jobs available mm-hmm. for somebody who is more entailed for the physical work, maybe some of the cleanup in Nashville for a tornado, mm-hmm. uh, or somebody maybe who isn't able to do some of the physical work, but they can certainly help out online or, or at some of the, the donation spots. Absolutely. And we have a lot. There's just so much that the Red Cross does, and I don't think we can cover it in an hour, but um, we have a lot of educational, educational and preparedness programs. And mm-hmm. so pre-COVID, we had a lot of people going out into the school systems. It's our um, pillowcase project program. We go to the schools, talk to the kids about being ready. If, if there's a fire, you know, we give them a pillowcase, and they have their key items, things they'd want to take, grab and take with them. Um, that's something that, you know, people would go the school and do but now we're doing it virtually so there's still those op- opportunities to learn that program and maybe do uh, virtual presentations um, be red cross ready safety preparedness in a fire tornado again doing those virtually instead of in person but that's something someone you know might uh, present those programs we have a lot of, of volunteers that are retired partially retired um, because there are things that you can do that are over the phone but even in person and working in the shelters um, in times of disaster Fantastic. Well, we're going to continue this conversation after this quick break. And our guest this morning, Tara Stone from the American Red Cross. That's the Heart of Tennessee Red Cross chapter. So uh, our Red Cross family right here in Middle Tennessee. That's who we're talking to this morning. If you have any questions, if you'd like to text or call, you can do so at 615-893-1450. We're going to take a quick timeout, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. We're excited to announce that our dining rooms are back up and running. We may not be at full capacity and we may not have all of your favorite menu items or the favorite touches that you're used to having. But at the same time, we are excited to be able to serve you. We have brought our servers back. We have retrained them. Our cooks are excited to put the steaks on plates that you can cut with a real knife as opposed to plasticware from your home. And I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If I could talk to the animals. Here at Animal City, we are happy to be here to help you take care of your pets. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. And for your convenience, we're happy to take call-ahead orders for curbside delivery. Here at Animal City, we have a variety of products to suit almost any pet, including premium foods, toys, and habitat accessories. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. This portion of the show brought to you by Mabco. How do you feel about two for three dollar Lay's or Cheetos? What about regular M&M's for only a dollar? These are just a handful of the sweet deals you'll find right now at Mabco. You'll be surprised how they always have great deals for your everyday cravings. And don't forget to download their My Rewards mobile app to earn points toward items like ice-cold fountain drinks and even fuel. The app is available for both iPhones and Androids. Stop by and save at your local Mapco today. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Analexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615-930-0088. A whole house air purifier. 615-930-0088. And welcome back. 
You're listening to News Radio WGNS and, of course, streaming live on WGNSRadio.com. I think I've gone through this entire show without mentioning our website that was uh, kind of flipped upside down about a month ago. But, well, I'll tell you what, it's much easier to navigate. So if you're listening online, if you're not using the app, you can do that on our website right off your computer. And uh, lots of high school sports information up there for you as we had action last night and again tonight. That is just a wonderful feeling having that back and all that on the website. We also have some uh, other news stories in there that are updated up to the minute. So if something's going on here in Rutherford County, folks, and you are just saying what in the world is going on, head over to our website. Uh, we, we almost always have something up immediately, and uh, you can you know you can learn that there and um, just just a great resource for you. So make sure to continue to check that out and. Uh, you, know, you can always contact us. You can always reach out to the station if you have questions, and uh, we are here to inform and keep people informed. Our guest this morning from the uh, American Red Cross, and that's the Heart of Tennessee chapter, it's Tara Stone. And uh, we've talked about donating, how to donate safely. Uh, but from there, we've, we've kind of branched out. They, the Red Cross does not only do the, the drive at the end of the year around Christmas, the ring and the bell, we all, we all know about that. And, of course, the blood donations, we all know about that. But there's so much more. And uh, we, we've spent about the first half of the show talking about donating and how you can do that safely. We'll recap that information for you and uh, let you know towards the top of the hour kind of some of the things if you're just joining us. But we wanted to move on um, and talk about youth opportunities. So we were talking about volunteer opportunities. We didn't even mention the youth. Mm-hmm. Are there opportunities for high schoolers, for, for kids who maybe want to go with mom and dad to donate some time and uh, be a part of what you guys do? Is that something that, that we could do? Um, yes, we're always looking to engage our youth. They are the future of our volunteer base. And, of course, like everything else, it looks a little different right now. Um, also know that a lot of kids in school are looking for community volunteer hours. And so really looked at how can we support that virtually. Um, we do have a program. It's called Missing Maps. And that's where um, you go in and you'll take a section of the world um, and, and mark where there might be a street or community housing businesses. Um, and they will take these maps and save them in times of a disaster. So say something comes through and, and knocks you know, through a community and they can go back and say, well, you know, there were homes here. So we need to get into this area and make sure um, that people are you know, safe and help them. They may need help here. So that's something that can be done from your home. It's quite simple. There's a a training process for that but that's a way that volunteer youth can get engaged and get some volunteer hours and go on and do some of that mapping um, we've had um, youth engage in other ways as well we've had some that have have served in the chapter maybe on the weekends when we were open um, to greet guests or answer phones of course it looks a little bit different right now but i'd say the main opportunity virtually is through our missing maps program we have a listener asking about any age restrictions for any type of volunteering. So maybe uh, is there an age restriction for somebody who maybe could be part of the COVID protocol testing for blood donations? Mm-hmm. Um, or it, can you kind of find a place for them regardless? Um, we do. If you go on our – so we have a, a website. Part of our website when you go to sign up to volunteer is called Volunteer Connection. And Volunteer Connection, they I think requires you to be at least 13 years old to sign up on there because I know I have, I have teenagers and I, I signed mine up recently and my youngest is 13. And that was the age to sign up on there. Mm-hmm. As far as blood donations, um, there are typically, you know, it's that 18-year-old, but you can be, you know, 17 in some states and maybe as young as 16 with parental permission. And even with signing up on Volunteer Connection, it will, um, you have to notify the parent and have their permission. And so with the work that we do and responding to home fires and things like that, obviously, um, it's a little bit of a different environment. So engaging youth looks differently. 
um, than maybe other organizations, but we do work to find opportunities for them. And um, like I said, this missing maps is something that they can do from home um, at this time as we continue to work for uh, towards those volunteer opportunities for youth. Fantastic. If you have any listener questions you'd like to send in or just uh, call and uh, tell Tara what a great job they're doing over at the American Red Cross, 615-893-1450. You could call us or text us, and we'll get to those text messages as they come in and uh, do our best to keep up with that. Sometimes they flood in. That's when you know you've uh, hit a good topic and, and people are interested is when those questions start flying in. So we've had a number of them this morning, and uh, we want to move on to one of the other training opportunities you had. It was uh, CPR training. Correct. And that's something I know you guys have done. How does that look now? Is that mm-hmm. is that a little bit of a different process now that we're practicing social distancing? That's kind of a hands-on thing. How have you guys tackled that? Um, we have. And while our facilities are, are closed, like I'm working from home, um, our location on Memorial is open for our donor center and also for training courses. And we did have to take a minute to figure out what that was going to look like. There was a time where some of those licenses were extended um, for people to have a little bit more time to renew them. We are having training courses um, at our location as well as others. So you can still go online and sign up um, for the various um, courses and they are socially distanced. The numbers are a little bit you know, limited, but we are still providing those life-saving training courses. And that's one kind of like donating blood where somebody maybe could learn CPR and well, that's a good thing to know. But when it comes down to it, if you're saving somebody's life, that could be a really important thing to know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, I mean, a lot of jobs require you to know CPR for certain things, but you know, that's something you don't really expect. But mm-hmm. if, if you get into that situation and you, it kind of comes at you fast and you say, well, I know CPR, I can maybe save this person's life. Uh, you know, that could, that could be life changing. That could be, that could be an incredible asset to have. And uh, you know, that's, that's cool that you guys are still giving that training and, mm-hmm. and still making that available. Uh, one of the things that you guys really pride in as well, we were talking about this off air, is uh, working and helping folks in the armed forces and, and being a part of that. What are some of the programs, what are some of the things you do uh, that revolve around armed forces, folks in the armed forces, or veterans, and, and things of that nature? Absolutely. And you'll hear people say, you know, Red Cross was born on the battlefield. Um, and we do work with our military families, both um, active duty and veterans. Um, one of the things that we do is we have um, – an emergency network so if something happens at home say you've got someone that's deployed and you have an emergency within your family uh, or maybe um, someone's having a baby um, maybe a, a wife has a husband overseas and she's having a baby we work with them to get that emergency messaging communicated but what that entails is you know someone you know we get the call and then we will verify with the hospital kind of do the legwork so that the military doesn't have to do that and we can say yes we well, you know we verified this information and then how do we help get that person home? Um, and it could be if unfortunate death in the family or someone's very ill, um, just the various emergencies. And we'll work with them um, to, to get that communicated and hopefully get that person home. But we don't make that decision, of course. Um, but if the decision's made for them to be able to come home, we'll help make that happen. Um, also, just preparing both the military, someone who might be deploying, and their families what to expect. How can we help you? Um, our veterans, if they're in need of some kind of assistance, we do have a hero care um, network and we um, work to find um, just kind of how can we meet their needs and help them if we can't find the need, can't help them find who can help them. We uh, had a couple of people asking this hour. I wanted to get to that before. Uh, before we get to the final couple minutes, I wanted to do a recap towards the end of the show to kind of you know bring mm-hmm. back some of the information we talked about to start the show. But uh, while we have time, we were talking about uh, you know you see the Red Cross out there ringing the bell, getting donations around Christmas time. Um, 
and and I'm sorry, I'm sorry uh, for the Salvation Army, but for other uh, for other uh, ways of, of donating that you guys have done, and uh, you know there there are certainly lots of them. Are, are there any events that maybe this year got sidelined, or anything that you guys were hoping to do this year mm-hmm. that got sidelined that? Um, maybe you know wasn't able to fire off, and you're looking forward to next year, or maybe some things that you're saying, no, we're still going to go ahead with this, mm-hmm. but it's going to look a little different. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we had we were very fortunate. We have a an event here, the Heart of Tennessee chapter, each year. It's our um, we have a hero breakfast, and we honor um, someone in the community. This year it was Jerry P with Murfreesboro Medical Clinic, and that took place. Uh, I believe it was March the tenth, so the beginning of March. So we were able to have that event right before everything kind of shut down. And now we're looking at how do we do that next March? We don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but we're still looking to do that. That is a big fundraiser for us. Um, and a thing that's just a daily need back to giving blood or blood drives. You know, we we had schools that we worked with, churches we worked with, businesses we worked with. And when those um, locations had to close um, or and things just looked a little bit different, we lost a lot of uh, blood drives. So we're always looking for anyone who would like to host a blood drive. Um, be happy to work with you and give you the parameters in which we need um, to make that happen. It's really not a lot. And again, thank all of those that have opened their doors for us. We're always looking for new locations. And again, not here in Rutherford County, but all of our counties in our chapter, um, looking to make those connections and where we can host those drives. So if somebody hosts a blood drive, how does that look different than maybe showing up to your guys' location or uh, doing the blood blood drive uh, on the bus? How, mm-hmm. how does that look different? Why is that beneficial to have somebody host a blood drive? Does that maybe just kind of reach a new crowd or um, just maybe maybe get to some people that maybe otherwise maybe not have, wouldn't have known or, or been able to donate? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, in the high schools, you know, the kids get out of class, you know, so they get to go and donate. They're, it's a good cause. There's also an educational component to that. And the Red Cross also offers um scholarship dollars back to that school um for the units collected um but for a company it might be awareness just hey we're having this at our location bring people to see their location it could just um be they reach a different donor base because they are um pushing out that information to maybe people that aren't receiving something from us um like i said we'd have the fixed donor site people make a regular appointment but maybe it's just easier to to come to a location that's closer to you um for that blood drive and also people will um do that surrounding maybe the support of a particular person you know maybe like you said there's somebody in their family that um has had an incident where they received uh, several units of blood and they just want to pay that back and so in honor of that they'll say hey we want to have a blood drive and we're going to do it here and we also have um you know, some friendly competition activities um, to to drive people to our, our blood drives. And one of them recently was the Battle of the Badges. And, you know, it's the police and sheriff's department and then our fire and EMS responders. And so they'll have different locations. People come in, donate, and, and vote. Um, we have coming up on September the 10th, um, the Battle of the Branches. So those are the military branches. So you come in, obviously, it's September the 10th. It's in honor of um, 9-11. But you come in and, and vote for your branch of the military. Typically, the, the branch that wins has the most votes. There'll be an award at an MTSU football game. We don't know what that looks like right now. Um, but that is coming up on September 10th. Um, and, again, we're, we're making accommodations to still continue to have these drives. So while it's normally on campus, uh, MTSU is still working with us on this drive, but it's going to be located at North Boulevard Church of Christ in their gym. Um, so, you know, gyms are great places to have um, blood drives, a large conference center. It looks different because, you know, we need to space people out. But if we have a drive at a location, our team shows up, brings everything that's needed, sets that up. Um, has that drive, takes it down um, in no time. They're really very efficient in doing that. 
And I'm sure all that information, if somebody's thinking I have a business or a location that maybe mm-hmm. all that information would be online, they can kind of check through, I'm sure, uh, square footage and, and things like that are a factor. So, um, yeah, looking around the radio studio might not be big enough for right. a blood drive. So I'm sure there are certain <laughs> things people can yeah. kind of look through to see if maybe their business uh-huh. would uh, would be one that, you know, that could hold that, and we, certainly. Yeah, and we do still have the buses, um, uh, the blood drive buses, and, you know, the uh, fortunate thing with that is just with the social distancing you know you can't get as many people through but that's okay but still you know if it it works to where we need to have a bus we do have the buses still that are in some parking lots and doing um drives that way well i wanted to learn more about the red cross app and we're going to take a quick break and we'll talk more about that uh we mentioned a few of the things for for donors is you know get that appointment scheduled early I think with everything in life, you download the app, it's a little bit easier. So if you download that app, that's going to simplify things. And uh, we'll do a little bit of a recap, and there were a few more questions that slipped through I wanted to get through here before we wrap up. But right now, we take a quick time out. You're listening to News Radio WGNS and perhaps streaming worldwide on WGNSradio.com or that WGNS app. There we are with the apps again. Very handy. Uh, makes things a little bit easier. You can listen anywhere in the world on that WGNS app, so make sure to check that out. We will be right back with Tara Stone from the American Red Cross right here on News Radio WGNS. Hey guys, I'm Marcellus from Bubba Gandy Seafood, the freshest seafood in town with a new delivery every single week. The Gandy name started in the seafood industry over 60 years ago in Panama City, Florida. Now in the borough. On Memorial Boulevard, across from the Sportscom. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. Babbel is created by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. Language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. COVID-19 has changed our world. And First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you. During these uncertain times, it's good to have a friend to walk with you and help with financial guidance. First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you with free text banking, bill paying, mobile deposits, and more. I'm Shelly Rigsby, manager of First National Bank of Murfreesboro. And I'm Amanda Gentry. Now a part of the Capstar Bank family, member FDIC. Welcome back into News Radio WGNS. Before we kick off this uh, last segment here of the Action Line, wanted to remind everybody: How do you feel about two for three Lay's or Cheetos? What about regular M and M's for only a dollar? They're just a handful of sweet deals you'll find right now at Mapco. You'll be surprised at how they always have great deals for your everyday cravings. Don't forget to download their My Rewards mobile app to earn points to use towards items like ice cold fountain drinks or even fuel. 
The app is available for both iPhones and Androids, so stop by and save at your local Mapco today. And with that, welcome back in Tara Stone, who is our uh, guest this morning from the American Red Cross, the Heart of Tennessee Red Cross chapter. And, uh, well, we've kind of covered a lot of ground, so we wanted to uh, recap a couple of things for you and uh, kind of run back through some of the donation process. But we, we were talking about apps. There's apps for everything. So is there just one Red Cross app, or you guys have apps for different facets of the Red Cross? You were, you were wanting to talk about that a little bit. Um, yes, you're correct. We've talked about our blood donor app. We do have a blood donor app where you can go ahead and make your appointment, um, do the you know the reading, the paperwork that you need for that donation um, that's coming up. But we also have several other other apps. We have a first aid app. We have emergency alerts where you can put in your location if there's a weather alert. But you can also put in the location of maybe a family member. If you've got a student that's just gone to college and you want to keep you know an eye on what's happening in their area, it'll alert you. Um, to anything happening there, uh, hurricane, tornado, earthquake, flood, all the, the elements. And then also we even have pet first aid apps. So if you want uh, something that's going on with your pet, you need to, to go on there and see how you might help them and also some things around water safety. So lots of apps. And like you said, uh, they are for iPhones and Androids. Excellent. Excellent. So there is an app for everything. So if you have the Red Cross app, make sure to dive into uh, some of the other apps that they offer instead of just getting the one. And, uh, and many of us might have the blood donor app, but again, there's a lot more. I like that pet safety app. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty cool feature. Do you guys uh, still, in, in to what fashion, work with home fires? There, there was some talk about that. If you could fill us in on that. Sure. Um, we do have uh, volunteers that will respond when we are notified of a home fire. They will um, help go to see if they can assist that family. You know, every every incident is a little bit different, and you may have um, a damage extent where you can't go back in your home. You need a place to stay for the evening. Also, um, you may just not have. Uh, yeah, pajamas, toothbrush, things that, that you need. And it looks a little bit different now. We used to uh, give comfort kits. I'm not sure if we're back to doing that, but we'd have, you know, soap and a toothbrush and just something that you need, you know, when you wake up in the morning and want to have those those necessities. But we do respond to them and try to help them with um, how do they move forward. And it's not just show up, here's a few things, but um, we have a caseworker that will work with them and, and help them on that path to recovery and how do they get back on their feet after a home fire. Um, so we have responders in all of our counties, and when we are notified of that that home fire, we will um, go out to the scene and um, how to work with that family. Excellent. So with just about five minutes left, we wanted to recap some of the information we had this morning. Uh, you guys do have a fixed location for donations here in Murfreesboro. Uh, also, the Red Cross bus is still out and about. You can catch that. You can also, um, you know, certain certain places will host donating events, so you can you can find out more about that. And uh, what's the best way to find out about all that? It'd be the website and, of course, have those apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, redcrossblood.org. Um, our fixed donor site is 501 Memorial, um, so you'll see that location when you go in. When you go onto the website, the first thing you can do is put in your zip code. And it'll pop up the most, um, the next, um, like if there's something today, it'll pop up today, but it'll just kind of give you a calendar of when either our donor center is open or there is a drive. And if you go on there, you can see, you know, what time and what type of donation you want to make. If you're doing a blood donation, platelets, plasma, um, it'll show you what the time slots are for those. Fantastic. And you guys have, of course, taken all the protocol and, on, and done everything you can to 
make this donation process safe. We mentioned that scheduling an appointment ahead of time helps. That's mm-hmm. something you're going to want to try to do. And, um, you know, surprisingly, the, the donations have not been down, but I think we need to keep it that way. We need to keep the foot on the gas and keep folks donating and, and keep that coming. Absolutely. Every area is different. So, you know, you have um, areas of the world, you know, there's wildfires out in California and Colorado right now. And so that's an area that maybe isn't collecting um, blood. And so that's, you know, just like when we have the tornadoes here, we're focused on other things. And so every area supports other areas. And while um, we do provide blood products here locally, of course, um, you know, we all need to work to, you know, we offset some of those areas that are more need. And just again, want to thank everybody who comes and donates. Um, When I was in the office, you know, I'd see the same cars in the parking lot all the time. And I appreciate their consistency and also the new donors and our volunteers. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, 90% of our workforce is volunteer and we couldn't do it without those individuals. I miss seeing them in the office and just want to say thank you to any who might be listening right now. And I wanted to finish off by one of the statistics you mentioned. Each time you donate blood, you could affect up to three people. Right. And that that is a huge number. So one donation, that could potentially save two or three people's lives. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't save their life, it might just make their life a heck of a lot easier. That's that's something you need. We all need. And I think, you know, those who, who don't need blood donations can be can be lucky and thankful we don't. But there are a lot that do. So, you know, I think it's it's to be a good neighbor to, you know, donate and, and try to help out those who need it and, you know, be thankful that, some of us are able to donate because, you know, if you're not able to donate, odds are that that could mean that you need blood or, um, you know, it could be one of those people who, who could need the donation. And, uh, you know, I think that's important to think about and donate and, and be a part of that. Uh, different types of blood, the, you know, any, but any, any kind of blood you have is good to donate. If, you know, don't, right. don't get, we kind of learned that today. Don't get caught too much in the, what type of blood do you have? All blood is good. All blood needs to be donated because there's going to be somebody that could use that type of blood. Platelets is another one that, you know, that you might have that um, could potentially save a life. And like you said, volunteer opportunities are available uh, in all shapes and sizes. So if you have a full-time job or you're unemployed, if you're retired or you're in high school, mm-hmm. there's, there's something for everybody in between. Correct. All righty. Well, any final thoughts this morning, Tara, as we uh, as we wrap up? Just want to say thank you for having us on. There's a lot of things I think the Red Cross um, does. A lot of people do think about the blood donation. Obviously, that's very important. Um, and want people to continue to do that. But um, just appreciate the opportunity to recognize our volunteers that are responding to the home fires. They're um, working our blood drives. Um, they're assist- still assisting, you know, people from maybe the you know tornadoes and other things that have happened. Um, and also our service to the armed forces that a lot of people may not know how we work with our military. So appreciate the opportunity to share that. Well, we appreciate you guys. And uh, if you need anything else, uh, you let us know if you ever, ever need a microphone to, to announce some news or uh, just want to come on and, and again, remind folks of what you guys do. We're always here for you. That's uh, Tara Stone, the executive director from the heart of Tennessee Red Cross chapter of the American Red Cross. Tara, thank you so much for uh, coming on, answering these questions for us and uh, teaching us a little more about what you guys do. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All righty, folks. We're going to wrap up. we got Truman Show and Rutherford Issues coming up this uh, morning, and I'll be with you through all of that. Of course, next Friday, as we mentioned, uh, Salvation Army joining us. We'll talk to them and uh, learn a little bit about their mission and what they do, but uh, certainly a lot of action left for you this morning, so keep it right here on News Radio WGNS. And don't forget to check out that website, WGNSradio.com, if you're curious as to what happened last night with high school football as that returns and you want to take a sneak peek at tonight's action, that's all on WGNSradio.com. So go check that out, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Yeah.
Frisboro. The voice of Rutherford County. The flagship station for Blue Raiders sports. Time on the courthouse clock is 9 o'clock.